Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast created weekly for you by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com or you can subscribe to us in iTunes or at Acast. Welcome, and I hope this uh, podcast finds you all well. This week, we reached the letter E in the A to Z of Talker United. We have a chat about uh, the latest implications for the uh, the end of the league season and the latest uh, state of play with the National League. But first, Richard has a chat with uh, with a lockdown skipper, Asa Hall. So you've just been out for a walk. I mean, uh, it, it's, yeah. you know, it, is that your daily exercise? Apart from obviously, yeah, obviously. yeah, we're trying to be um, obviously stick to the guidelines and stuff, um, stay out of everyone's way. But yeah, we've got a two-year-old in the house, so um, that daily walk is quite important to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, apart from that, maybe a bit of a, a run first thing in the morning, a couple of times a week, just to tick over. You've obviously got your your routine, which or your program, which uh, the club's giving you. How's that going? Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, there's lots of different options we can do. There's some strength work, um, you know, for upper body work, some keep your legs strong and then a lot of core work and, and some running. So, you know, I think it's up to the boys to sort of pick and choose what they do and when they do it. But, you know, everyone's trusted to um, be keep ticking over. Are you keeping in touch with some of the other boys? Yeah, we're talking to some of the boys. Um, also do a weekly quiz with... Jake Andrews, Sean McDonald, <laughs> and Connor. So who's winning? Quite funny. Um, well, I lost last week. Me and my wife. So we did the uh, questions this week. Right. Um, Sean's the brain box. Okay. So he's the one to do it. Yeah. Okay. So is, is, is that general knowledge, or is it is it is it football? Uh, there's loads of sections. A bit of general knowledge, pop culture, the sport. Um, you know, we try and mix it up a bit, and uh, some good questions. To be fair. It's um, it's it's such a weird scenario, isn't it? I mean, you know, it. I can't even ask the, the question: Have you ever kind of come across anything like this? Of course, because none of us have. But how, how are you coping? Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's very strange, like you say. Um, you know, but the main thing is just to try and and keep your family safe. I mean, you know, there's so much going on, and and the news is is quite horrible to watch. So yeah. you know, um, we're trying to keep busy. Um, keeping safe at the same time how, how do you feel about um keeping fit obviously keeping match fit is difficult at the best of times actually keeping yeah. fit at the moment is difficult how, how are you coping with that yeah i think it's more of a case of staying strong i think yeah. you know keeping your, your legs strong and and your mind i suppose that's another big thing with football you know um a lot of it's a, a mental game and that can be hard to um keep ticking over with the mental side of it you know but I think you know watch football as much as we can I'm sure the lads are doing the same and um, you know everyone's football minded so that's, that's how we're staying on top I think um, I, I spoke to you just before the, the shutdown um, yeah just in the rain outside the training ground uh, it seems like yeah. a, a million miles away from, a million years away from now because obviously even though we were trying to be careful everyone was in the same room etc um 
the, the, the final game of, of Torquay's season at the moment was a defeat. So is that a mental thing as well, that you need to keep, keep a positive mindset going into what hopefully will be the, the next game of the season, whenever that is? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, that was um, a game that a lot of us want to forget, really. So, you know, we, we, we keep thinking about the 10 games that we've got left. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was the main focus before we stopped training and stopped being together as a group. You know, the gaffer's message is clear and there's still a lot of football to play um, and there's still a lot to play for, you know, when those games hopefully get rescheduled and, and played sometime soon. I mean, we, we all know there's a, a slight doubt as to whether they actually will be played but obviously I guess all the players really want to play them don't they? We do yeah and I think that's the only way you know until there's a decision made then we've got to act and and be as if you know that those games are going to be played and we've got to keep thinking like you know there's, there's a lot of work to be done yet this season. Yeah um let me just think of another question, <laughs> drying yeah, up a bit. It's, it, I, I've been ringing around so many footballers and so many managers. I'm and sure, and yeah, you know I'm what? Sure. Trying to find a, a story out of a conversation is, is, is yeah. getting more and more difficult as the weeks go on. But, oh, um, for yourself, I mean, you, you were named Vanarama Player of the Month for, for, for March. Uh, Gary joked that you're not, you're not going to win it for April. But, um, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that must have been a good feeling, especially after coming back from injury. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, the injury was a, a bit of a nightmare this year with my broken toe, which led to a little bit of a calf strain. So, you know, to get back in the team, I was I was chomping at the bit, really, to get back in. And it was nice to get recognised as, you know, having a, a good month and, and helping the team get some results that, you know, could prove crucial, if, you know, if we play out like we want to do. Do you think the, the the players have got the mentality, you know, because there's a lot of young players in the squad, do you think they've got the mentality to finish off the season strong? I do, yeah, definitely, and I think this break can only, you know, help and enhance the squad. If anything, you know, we've got players that are injured who, who will be back fit, yeah. um, like, like Liam Davis, even Armani Little, um, yeah. Matt Buse. So you know, there's, there's positives to take, and I think that's the way we've got to look at it. And you know, maybe it gives everyone a a mental um, break from football because you know it's a, a full-on thing the season, and um, and maybe that will put us in good stead if we um, resume. Because obviously the mentality was probably tested a bit during that, that poor period of, of defeats. So they got through that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, we did. And, um, you know, that was just sticking together, believing in in the gaffer and, and how we want to play. And, you know, we, um, we're we a very good team when we when we get it right on a Saturday afternoon. So, you know, everyone knows that. And, and that's the aim to keep doing you mentioned Liam Davis being out. He, he was missing during that period, wasn't he? And that was a big thing, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, Liam's. You know, me and Liam are probably the oldest in the team, and you know, he brings a lot of experience and a lot of. You know, a lot of players look up to him and, and the way he plays. You know, he, he leads by example, and um, you know, yeah, he's definitely been a big miss, and you can tell when he's not playing. Brilliant. Uh, Asa, thank you very much for, for talking to me. I think, I think yeah. I've squeezed enough out of the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. If, I mean, if you need to ring me back, ring me back. Uh, I, I like, will yeah. do. I t- I've been talking to Gary every week and it's been getting you know, less and less. I mean, you know, you can, there's only so many times you can ask the same question and hope for a different answer. Yeah, I mean, we could even say, because obviously it's a year ago since we lifted the title, I think this... Oh, OK, this of course weekend. it is. Yeah, is it this weekend, uh, is it? Yeah, I think it was this weekend, yeah, that right. we were like sort of nine champions, so... That's a... Well, looking back on that, I mean, how does that feel a year later? 
Yeah, well, I, you know, I saw it on Twitter, I think it was, and, you know, some some great pictures, great videos, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's something to be proud of, and I'm sure all the lads, you know, can't believe it's been a year, but um, that's the aim. Every footballer wants to, to win leagues, win trophies, and, you know, there's still we can still potentially do that this season. I was going to uh, say, uh, you know, yeah. towards, the, towards the, the end before the lockdown, you know, there was a lot of talk about playoffs and a playoff push, and that's still obviously the aim. It is, definitely, and, you know, I think this only, this sort of break only makes people more eager to get back out there and and, and prove it, because I think everyone's missing football massively. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everyone's missing football. I mean, everyone's yeah. missing a lot of things, I think, but football for, for yeah. some people is, is a big thing in their lives, so none more yeah. so than yourself. So, uh, look, uh, have good luck and uh, keep fit, and uh, when we get back, yeah. I'll have another chat. Yeah, great stuff. You all all right? Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, touching wood, etc. Everything's fine here. So, um, yeah. Good good stuff. Thanks, Asa. Cheers for that. Okay, no problem. See you soon. See you. Bye-bye. So, welcome to another coronavirus lockdown podcast being carried out at uh, at long distance. Uh, Morning, Rich. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Well, you can see the length of my hair. My hair is growing and growing. I can't wait for the barbers to get back. It is. You've got a touch of the Alan Gilzean about you at the moment. I know, I know. (laughs) I've not got anything at the front anymore, but the bits at the side are really starting to grow. Good stuff. You keeping well? Everybody well? Yeah, very well. Good. It's it's an open university day for me today, so I'm I'm knee-deep in in Old Bailey Records, which is uh, fun. In that case, you need to talk about football for half an hour. I do. That'll yeah, that, at least half an hour. That'll yeah. do you a power of good. Um, as um, as our listeners will have just heard, you had a chat with Asa Hall um, this week. Very interesting. Oh, good talker, isn't he, Asa? Good character. Um, seems to be keeping fairly positive and fairly lively through it all. Absolutely. A better talker than me, obviously. Yeah. It's, I, I say to him at one point when I've run out of things to ask him, there's only so many times you can ask the same question and expect to get different answers from people. True, um, that's true. You know, what do you say? How's lockdown going? Um, how's your, your, your programme going? Um, and then you're, okay, oh, Asa, yeah, um, you were player of the month. Yeah. Then, you know, it's, it's just difficult. I mean, obviously there was a bit to talk about because he came back from in, uh, injury and um, he, you know, is an experienced player, so he was he was able to talk about the younger players in the squad that you know he feels have what it takes to, to fight back when when uh, when they get the opportunity to do so, um, go for the playoffs, etc. If they get the opportunity to do so, um, so there was a bit to talk about. But uh, increasingly, I'm phoning people, Gary Johnson, um, Matt Taylor, Exeter City, because I cover them occasionally as well, do bits for them, and you know. You're just asking the same questions every week until yeah. until the, the big stories about when the season will finish, if it will see, if the season does finish, come out. There's, there's a lack of stuff to talk about. Everybody is doing jigsaws and watching Netflix, aren't they? That's about uh, that's all, all doing yeah. open university courses. That's about all there is to do. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about the league then, because this is a bizarre situation, isn't it? They've, they've kind of handed the power back to the clubs to vote on, well, what do you want to do? Well, I said in the, f- the first paragraph of the back page piece I did for the Herald Express this week, it smacks of passing the buck. 
doesn't it just? I think um, I you're right. Think, I don't think the National League have covered themselves in glory at all during this period. Um, I've not been a fan of the way that the, the league has been run over the years anyway. Um, I don't want to sort of criticise them too much. It's probably not an easy job, but uh, one example is the way that we have to wait for longer for the fixtures to come out every season yeah. just because of the way they like to do it. Um, which is apparently around swimming pool, um, but hey ho, that's. Uh, <laughs> now you see, I think uh, I think this was just a story that Dave concocted that they go off. Somebody goes off to Benidorm and sits by the pool with a, a jug of sangria and then, and a, a, a yeah. back of an envelope and a biro and, and works it out from there. Yeah, while while at home there are computers that can kind of do that thing uh, <laughs> for, yeah, for for a living. Um, no. Uh, I don't think they've covered themselves in glory. And now what they've done is they said to the... It was a confusing message as well, because there's no official statement to come out of the National League. All that's happened is they've written to clubs, and then a couple of clubs have, have released that information. Yeovil's chairman um, reacted to it, saying, you know, it's ridiculous. Uh, we need to finish the season. Um, I know that, that that is Gary's thoughts on the matter, or it has been Gary's thoughts on the matter, in previous conversations, he didn't want to talk specifically about the latest edict from the National League. Um, both him and uh, George Edwards uh, sort of kept stum on that. I think they're just uh, they're just going to vote how they see fit and just just stay quiet about it, uh, which is their prerogative. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but you know what's going to happen is is that the league has asked. All seven, 67 National League clubs, because of course this involves the South and the North divisions as well, to vote on ending the season or not ending the season. Um, I, I guess that is a yes or no uh, answer, yeah. question answer. Um, although, as I say, there's been no statement from the league, so we can only kind of guess at what they've written to the clubs. Um, and who votes for what? Then obviously anyone who has still got a, a vested interest in promotion, is going to vote to carry on. Yep. Anyone below that, especially the clubs with relegation dangers hanging around them, uh, are going to vote to stop the season. Surely that's the way it's going to go. And in that case, if that is the case, and apparently now they've got till May the 7th to, to get their vote in, although the National League would prefer votes to be in quicker, it's all very convoluted. Then um, if that's the case, surely the majority of the clubs will vote to end the season. And then, apparently, then they'll do further polls to see what happens to the tables. It's it's a mess, isn't it? It's an absolute mess. To be honest, I'm, I'm not sure I can think of what the best way to finish it would be, but it, it's this is where you need leadership, isn't it? I, I had a, a phone call with someone this week um, and we chatted about uh, the end to the season. I have been... Um, uh, this isn't someone who uh, I won't mention who they are because I don't want to give away what they they think but um, they're not directly involved with football but um, I I have been to f through this in my head and as far as I'm concerned up until this week I have been absolutely sure that the season must finish Yeah. this week I'm starting to wonder if it's best to just close it down and start again next season yeah, and the person I was talking to agreed. It's just got too messy. Let's just get this virus out of the way. Mm. 
get back at the start of next season, everyone in the same place and start again. I know it's not the, the solution that most people want. I don't want it. But I just can't see how, how we can get around everything else. The Football League have said that they're going to start playing football again or they want to start playing football again on June the 6th. I cannot see how you're going to get stadiums full of people on June the 6th, let alone 22 players on a pitch running into each other, brushing up against each yeah, other, you know, yeah. physical game of football, on June the 6th. It just, it's just not going to happen. So extrapolating that from that, then you're going to end up with games being played at training grounds. You're going to end up with game, you know, there's going to be games being played up at South Devon College. There's, you're going to be playing without fans in, because even if teams are playing... That you're not going to allow five or six thousand people to be rubbing shoulders, are you? By then, yeah, there's no way that the government is going to allow that kind of mass get-togethers again in June. I don't, I don't know what the English Football League were thinking about casting a date. Yeah. Maybe they just wanted to do it, and then you know that that's done, and and, and we'll work towards that date. But what, what happens then? It's three weeks before June the, the sixth, or whatever it is. You know, when clubs have clearly got to start training to get match fit players again, yeah, yeah. then um, that's only a couple of weeks away. Mm. So are they're going to, you know, are they going to have that they can't train in a couple of weeks, not together. No, no it's, it's it, the longer it goes on, the worse it's getting. It is. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, we've got to the point now where let's just let's just call it a day, and then at least we've got months mm. to worry about the start. Of Football. Yeah, it's a horrible thing to say, and I know that it's not what people want to hear. But you know, we'll cope. And we were so near the end of the season as well, weren't we? I know it's not that long ago we were talking about we've got this this number of games to go. That Saturday coming would have been our last home game. We'd have been at home to Dover day after tomorrow in our last home game, and then Saturday week we'd have been away at Hartlepool for the last game of the season. It's amazing how quickly it all came up uh, towards the end, didn't it? piece I wrote uh, uh, using the interview with Acer in the paper this week basically you know it says who knows where we would have been right now yeah. I mean we could have been in the playoffs by now we were 10 points adrift of the playoffs but with 10 games to go yeah um, we will have played 8 of those games now incredible isn't it you know we, we, we could be in the playoffs and thinking right let's, let's go for it yeah um, you know that's not happened and the, the reasons are obvious so you know it's a shame um of course, we could. I mean, I'm not I'm not casting as, any doubt, but we could be in the relegation slots as well. We wouldn't, yes. Yeah, let's uh, brush over that, I think, just in case. Yeah, uh, yeah indeed. OK, so at this point in the podcast with no football to talk about, we move on to uh, the A to Z of Plainmore. We have reached the letter E this week. That's how long we've been doing this. E, indeed. Um, but we can't uh, we can't actually move on to E without doing the uh, the walk of shame. The people who've told us uh, pulled us up on things that we've missed in previous weeks. All the way back at B, we missed out. Uh, we missed Bamba's right foot. We missed the fanzine. Oh. We didn't talk about wow. the excellent Bamba's right foot fanzine. Wait, did you contribute to that at all? I, ne- I never did. Um, obviously, I know the people who were involved with it, um, and it was a very, very, very good fanzine. Um, which I always picked up games um, and enjoyed. Um, it was it was the heyday of fanzines, really, it was. wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and it was it was one of the best of its kind. I thought, considering you yeah. know we, we're we're a lower league team, I thought it was a it was a, a proper higher league fanzine, wasn't it? I can remember two more as well. 
double goalpost. Yeah. And Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible was the one that I remember. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, I don't know who involved in doing those, but they were both they were both good little fanzines as well. I mean, of course, fanzines really kind of. I mean, I was involved with music fanzines in the late eighties, you know, indie pop kind of stuff, and um, you know, in those days, you could you could write to to bands, yeah, a set of questions. They would stamp the dressed envelope. They would send the questions back with answers to them and a, and a photo. Um, you'd get down the local photocopy copying shop, you, you, you'd photocopy or you'd go to a printer's and get 200 done. And people interested in that music would buy fanzines. They'd have little adverts in those fanzines for other fanzines. And you could shift 250, 300 in, yeah. in, in a month. It was an amazing little industry. Did of the, course, what's happened is that came along. And yeah, the internet killed the fanzine, I, I suppose. The internet killed the fanzines. There's a yeah. song in that, a Buggles, a song in <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Get right in. But yeah, it's, it, it's a shame. I used to love a fanzine. Used to enjoy that. Maybe it's uh, maybe now that we're yeah. uh, in a, an atmosphere where things are being scaled back and society is working on a more of yeah. a macro level, maybe it's time to get the fanzines going again. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. So yeah, Bamba's right foot. Sorry, we forgot that. Also in the bees, we forgot John Bartlett and his bell. Which somebody pointed out to me, John Bartlett and the Bell, who was a fixture over on the pop side for many, many years during Mike Bateson's reign. Still around, John? Is he? I'm not sure. Yeah, I've seen seen John, maybe not very recently, but I have seen him around. um, I think I saw him in a pub once recently, actually. Um, Can't be that recently if it was a pub. It's been a while since we've been in pubs. No, no, not that recently. You're right, yeah. But uh, yeah, John Bartlett and the Bell. How could we forget? And then we mentioned. Yeah, well, <laughs> and we mentioned last week. Did, go on. You did. I mean, I, I used to stand on the pop, pop side in those days when I was a bit younger, and uh, yeah, you didn't want to be too close to it. No, no, your ears would be ringing for a while after that, wouldn't they? Um, and all... they, they think the drums loud. That's nothing. <laughs> And also, I've got it here, I've got it written down here somewhere, I'll get there in a moment. Um, Dave Lowen, who is uh, a regular supporter um, and a regular listener to the podcast, phoned up and said, did I remember the Jimmy Dunn testimonial game? We talked about Jimmy Dunn's testimonial last week. Um, and I couldn't remember the game at all, but uh, Dave does because his, uh, his company cleaning services were the sponsors and he had a programme at home. Uh, and the opponents were Bristol City, who had just been promoted okay. into the first division. Then had a great side with the likes of Norman Hunter, yeah, Peter Cormack, Chris Garland in it. But the Jimmy Dunn All Stars who faced them uh, had players of the caliber of these in it. They had Peter Meller in goal, Frank McClintock played, oh. Alan Mullery right. played, Bobby Moore. Right played Bobby Moore played in that because of course Jimmy Dunn had been at Fulham so a lot of these players who had been at Fulham came and played it gets better though Colin Lee played Ted McDougall played and Jimmy Greaves apparently played bless him just come out of hospital yes he has and is improving apparently but some big names and I must have been at that game and I can't remember that at all but that must have been some game the uh, Jimmy Dunn All-Stars against Bristol City played in the game against Tottenham in the uh, FA Cup yeah. Some years before. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, sorry, we we digressed a little bit on the Jimmy Dunn testimonial, but those were the uh, those were the players who lined up, and that's quite some line-up, isn't it? Yeah, 
quite some lineup indeed. Letter E, letter E is for Exeter City. Now, you, of course, you cover Exeter City now as well, don't you? In, I do, in, in I, your, I do bits, In yes. your professional... Yes. I think my attitude to Exeter has softened a bit over the years, though. I think, you yeah, know... I probably has. It's... Um, I, I, I spoke to you when we spoke about Devon Derbies and D. We, I kind of said that I used to hate getting up in the morning on a derby day at Exeter. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't really want to go. It was, it was a chore. It was something I had to do. If I didn't go, you know, and we won, then I'd be devastated so it's something you had to do but I, I hated it and um, yeah uh, Exeter you know I, I they used, are what they are I used to quite like that older way end at Exeter before they did it up a bit you know it was it was just basically a terrace open to the elements yeah. very very yeah. small only about four or five steps in the terrace as well wasn't it so it was um, talky goals from that end there was no, uh, yeah, there was no social distancing on that terrace, was there? No, no, no. no. But um, yeah, no, St James Park. It, it's very difficult for me, considering that I, I do work for the Express and Echo as well, to to not sound. <laughs> <laughs> Just bite my tongue, I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but wouldn't it be I, not? I, 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 I will say something though that. Um, uh, Matt Taylor is, is is a pleasure to deal with. Really nice bloke. Really easy to chat to. Will give you what you want for the paper. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I, 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 when they get back to it, you know, they've got a they've got a chance of promotion. And and you know, for him, I think yeah, go for it. You know, yeah, I, I like and, him as well. And won't it be great? However, it happens, whether it's us going up or them coming down or whatever happens when we get to play them again. I know you don't like the local derbies, but it'll be just be nice to be in the same league as those boys again, won't it? It became more relaxing. All big games is more relaxing in the press box. So once I'd started going into press boxes, then uh, you've got a bit more to think about. You've got your copy to file. Yeah. You've got, um, you know, concentrate on the actual play rather than the emotion. Uh, so I, I've always found that it's easier in the press box. Since I've started going into press boxes, what? 15, 20 years ago, whatever it was, I found those bigger games easier. It was when I was a, you know, a real hardcore fan, had nothing to do with yeah. the club or football, working in a factory. You know, that was that was that was that was when it really, really matters to you, yeah. and that's why it matters to so many people. That's true, and that press box at uh, St James's Park is a thing to behold, isn't it? If people have never been up there, it's it's one bench, isn't it? It's uh, as far as I remember, the wife. Is it? Re- it oh, of course, I haven't been up there since it's been redone. Oh, uh, well. They had a new stand built last year. So, of course. So, like our press box uh, that we all loved with the, with, with the, uh, the heater that could have <laughs> gone up in flames at any moment, the one at Playmore, you know, all those old-fashioned press boxes have gone. The one that, the one that I always used to, or, or still remember, with dread, was the one at Swansea. I don't know if you ended up... Never went there. there. The one at Swansea. Never went there, It no. was on top of the stand... Oh, nice. And you have to climb a ladder from inside the stand, a yeah. single ladder, to get up into it. It was horrible. <laughs> that was at the old well, vet, it was, was it? Yeah, yeah. To carry with a notepad and paper. But once you, 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 you know, you've got a laptop over your shoulder and stuff, you know. Oh, no, Risky. No, I'm Risky. surprised there wasn't injury. And he used to sway. <laughs> You'd be up there in this in, in this little kind of enclosed area on top of the stand, and you know when a goal was scored, you could feel the kind of 
Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. A bit, of, a, bit of, a bit of clear air turbulence up there. Absolutely. He is also for Ebbsfleet. We'll um, we'll draw a bit of a line under Ebbsfleet. Beat us in the trophy final at Wembley. Disappointing oh, day out that was. Uh, yeah. Dis yeah. Disappointing day. Fantasy. Yes, of course. Uh, he is also for England players. Now, players... Uh, thank you to the Talkie Fan Stats website again. Players who played for England after leaving Plainmore. There are five of them. Ralph Burkett played for England after he left Playmore. Don Welsh, and then in more recent years, Steve Bold, who we mentioned under the Bs, yeah. Keith Curl, who we mentioned under the Cs, yeah. and Lee Sharp, who will doubtless get a mention under the Ss when we get there. Is it only five then? Well, there are five there on that website, players who played for England after leaving Torquay United. I suppose, it, I suppose that's probably right. Yeah. I mean, we have had... Some players who have played for Ireland after leaving. Yeah, and play, um, we'll come in. We'll come in a moment to a player who played for Scotland after leaving as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah of course, yeah. But um, yeah, the I can't five. Think of any more, I'm surprised it's only five, but there we go. And players who had played for England before they came to play more. There are a few of those: Tony Curry, of course, Chris yep. Waddle, Bomber Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah, yep. one or two ex England internationals who uh, who ended up at Playmore in the. Sorry? Um, Astle. Um, Gordon Astle, I've yeah. I've got my book here. Was it Gordon, was it? Hmm. Let me just look. Gordon Astle came from Birmingham City. I'm sure he played for England yes, once he did. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to him once uh, when I was working for the club, did an interview with him. Lovely guy. I'm not sure if he's still around, but, um, you know, he was a lovely guy. Um Told me, told me some great stories, and he did play for England once. There you go, there you go. There are, there will be others dotted down for years. We're already yeah. second guessing the um, the walk of shame next week, aren't we? When people pull these up for us, They're... John Bond never played for England. Don't think so. Surprised by that, but no. It's always surprising when players of that ilk haven't played for England. It always surprises me that Steve Bruce never played for England. Did he not? Didn't realise that. Didn't realise that. Probably chopped down in flames now. Probably <laughs> did, but I'm sure he didn't play for England. There you go. But uh, if, if you're asked in a quiz, you'd say yes. Now moving on on the E's. Uh, the E is for Dave Easton, as well. Now Dave Easton. Dave Easton, a former secretary at Torquay United. He gets a mention on here, obviously because as a former secretary. But uh, Julian sent me a picture. Uh, today, which I'll try and um, I'll try and put in somewhere into the uh, into the text that goes with this podcast from his program collection in 1972. There's a lovely picture of Dave, 23 uh, year old Dave, arriving from Swansea to join the Pools team at Plainmore. He's, interestingly, he's being welcomed to Plainmore by a fellow by the name of Peter Randall, who was president of the Supporters Association. Now, Peter Randall, um, the late Peter Randall, was the town crier for a while in the 90s. He was also brilliant as part of the Paint and Pantomime production. So it's, it's another one of these people who's a huge character in the town. I didn't realise he'd been associated with Talk United, but he was president of the Supporters Association then. But it's a great picture. Then you were supposed to come back. Yes, he was. No, no, no I, I see that's the link up. If, if you were sat across the table from me, I'd have got that. 
but it's a great picture. Dave looks as if he's trying out uh, the uh, the sideburns from that bloke from Mungo Jerry. It was it's that time in 1972 when uh, that was all the rage. Was but, it in the summertime? <laughs> oh, you're too fast for me today. Much much too fast <laughs> for me today. But um, you you know Dave as well, don't you? Dave is he's I knew a, Dave. I, know, I haven't seen him for years, but I know Dave. I knew Dave when I was young. Um, I, he was a friend of my dad's, um, and my mum, oh, dropped my pen, my mum actually uh, worked at the club for a short while in reception on match days, um, yeah. so uh, I think I think that role, that, that came because Dave was involved in the club, he was involved in the club for quite a long time, I think his father, Fred Easton, was, was also commercial manager for years as well, um, uh, yeah, so, so knew, knew him through the family really, and um, he ended up going to Bristol City. Um, yeah, I could tell you what year it was, but I was probably about fifteen or sixteen, and I wanted to go to Bristol. I, I'd say sixteen, probably. I wanted to go to Bristol to to go to a record shop because um, the music I was into, you couldn't buy it down here. And of course, we are talking pre-internet days. Of course. Um, and buying records from the back of the uh, ads and the, the, the enemy took about seven seven working days to <laughs> turn around. So he's got the Bristol to buy records, and uh, he was he was travelling up there every day. I think he did eventually move up there, although I think he's moved back. And he t- he took me up to Bristol, but instead of just dropping me off, he took me into the club and took me to training. And I met all the players, Bristol City players. I couldn't tell you who they are now, but um, it was it was it was a nice touch. Um, spent sort of morning. With, with the Bristol City players at Ashton Gate before going into town and then uh, he picked me up afterwards so I got my records and we went home there you go what a nice chap what a nice yeah. chap indeed. he's um, he's also active in the Amdrams these days he's part of Shippey Amateur Dramatic Society is he really? he is indeed he, uh, he was in Heidi High a little while ago shall I get my programme from all, Arthur Miller's All My Sons when I was I was uh, the child the boy in All My Sons oh, in about 1983 what a small world this is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 did, I did two or three pantomimes and then they asked me to be the child in all my sons after those pantomimes. Um, I, 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 was, I was obviously a very good actor. Uh, of course. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Should have it. Of course, as you are. Um, and the interesting thing around that um, that programme as well, always, you probably do the same thing. If you get an old football programme, you spend as much time reading the adverts as you do anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The adverts on that page, there are adverts there for Sangster's Sports, of course, Cavana Homes, Islands of Painton, the garden centre, the Eros Restaurant in Braddens Hill Road West. But the best one is for the Mermaid on Painton Seafront, which is now the Hyde Dendy, of course. International cabaret and dancing to the Mariners with your genial host and compare Billy Dutton, and for the younger set, this would be you, obviously, a fabulous yep. disco with resident DJ Steve King, hi-fi, and all the latest discs. Way there you yes. go. So you've got you got everything. Been, one of my favourite things about um, I'm using the term historical loosely because we're only going back to the sort of seventies. <laughs> but when you when you see um, sort of films and stuff made in the 70s and they go into discos and they are nothing like they would have been no I mean, absolutely no, not for the smoke no no I said the Tropicana was never like that kind of that kind of odd stereo you know those, those stereo records that you, stereo sampler records that you'd buy rather than actual stuff of the time yeah some kind of uh, copyright copyright issues, issues bound to be 
Okay, which brings us to our team of players whose names begin with E and we don't have a goalkeeper. I was going to say, before we start this, when I looked at E last week, I, I, I think I got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So the, in, in, in the pre-2000 book, the Lee Edwards one, there are 12 E's yeah. and four of them are Evans. Are they really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right. I'm guessing there are there have been a few more E's since 2000 to add to that list. Yeah, there must have been because we've only got one Evan. No, we've got two Evans actually. Okay. In our we've got no goalkeeper though, so it's a rush back goalie situation for this team. Okay. They'll, uh, they'll, right. they'll have to uh, they'll have to cover okay. that. That was all the, all the rage in the 70s. Yeah, rushbacks. player nearest the goal can handle the ball. Um, so yeah, so in defence, Dick Edwards starts off the defence. Of course, Dick Edwards, the singing cowboy, the cowboy footballer himself. I have the album somewhere. Do you? Now I looked yeah. everywhere this morning for a copy of the Talk United War Cry. So you need to get that onto an MP3. See, I've, never, I've never owned that, but I've got I've got his album that he did, which is all kind of country stuff. Um, it's, it's a bit better than you'd you'd expect it to be. Yeah. He, he had a little scene around him, didn't he, when he moved down here? He, the album was, called, was re recorded in Swan Street Studios, which, of course, went when uh, Fleet Street was all knocked down and, and, and replaced by the yeah. uh, what's there now. Um, and a lot of local bands used to record down there. I think one of the um, uh, Wishbone Ash fellas, the Turners, well, yeah. one, one of the Turners is involved in it on the album. Um, yeah, so it's interesting stuff, and it's and it's it's it's, it's not. It's not a weak album either. It's 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 not kind of oh I'm a footballer I'm going to do an album of country songs. No, this was a musician who played football. I see, I see, and s still records a little bit or still sings a little bit. I believe it's um it's, uh, Dave was saying a little while ago one of his sons is a musician so he still okay. uh, keeps his hand in. He was player of the year at Playmore seventy one and seventy two. By the way, he'd been at Aston Villa. Um, Good player, good player. And of course, he was in a country and western duo with Bruce Stuckey, wasn't he? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The two of them, um, two of them together. He's on the album. But, um... I I definitely need to hear that album. I'll hold you to that. Yeah, We've got some MP3s there. Okay, alongside Dick in the defence, Matt Elliott, of course, who is our Scotland international. He's not yeah. the he's not the only Scotland international who gets a mention this week, by the way. But um, Matt Elliott played 124 games for Torquay, 15 goals. Uh, he was at Plainmore for 89 to 92 and then went yeah, on to great he things. He his fortune, did he? But he eventually did. He, did, he go to, did he go to Oxford after or did he go to Scunthorpe after? Scunthorpe first, then Oxford and then Leicester where he played 245 and games for Leicester. won his Scotland caps while he was at Leicester, of course. Leicester legend, of course. He did. He scored both the goals in the 2000 League Cup final as well when did they he beat really? Tranmere. Um, yeah, I remember watching him and thinking that he was... He was Wasted at our level, which was strange because he went to, you know, sideways move Scunthorpe really at yeah. that time. Just helped him get up the ladder, I suppose. And he got 18 caps <coughs> for Scotland as well. 18, was it? Despite being a Londoner through and through, he's as Scottish yeah. as Rod Stewart, but yeah. um, which makes him as Welsh as me. But there you go. So, yeah, he's 18 yeah. Scottish caps. Um, yeah, good, good player. Um, last recorded, according to Wikipedia again, at De Montfort University, doing some um, some sports uh, okay. science stuff at there. So good, good for him. Alongside yeah. him as well, Mark Ellis, local lad, Mark yeah. Yeah. from Kingsbridge. Yeah. Uh, played for Torquay from 2007 to 2012. He was with us when we got promotion back up into the league. 
120 games, 12 goals. Um, and he's gone on to play for Crewe and Shrewsbury and Carlisle. Last seen at Tranmere, and he appears to be just back from a cruciate ligament injury. So still playing. Bit more time to get back after it as well. Yeah. Um, interest. He was a, he was one of those players that was playing for Torquay while I was in London. So yeah. didn't see him too much during that period. However, um, in about two thousand and two, two thousand and well, two thousand three, four, when I was working for the Sunday Independent, his mother rang up and said, did you know my son's just been taken on as a pro at Bolton Wanderers? And we did a story about him. Oh, great stuff. And that's where Torquay got him from, of course. Yeah, yeah. uh, Next up, two loan players next up. Michi Afete, who was on loan at Plainmore from Norwich in 2017 under Gary Hours. Yeah. Fullback. Yeah. He was one of those players that you thought... Yeah, there was something about him... Well, there must have been because he was at Norwich, but I believe he ended up at Wealdstone. I think right. he's at Wealdstone now. And alongside him, Callum Evans, who was a, he had 12 games for us under Gary Hours in 2017, midfield. Very recent, very recent. Uh, and he ended up... Evans I've got here, so that's five Evans that have played for Torquay. And he ended up at Port Vale. So, okay. there you go. Uh, next up, Craig Easton. Good player, Craig yep. Easton. Came here yep. under Martin Ling, 2012-2013, 21 games. He'd already played 200-odd times for Dundee United. Yeah. Uh, Scotland under-21 international. And the I last... I because I was away, but I do remember that my dad used to rave about him. The last uh, mention I can find of him uh, was coaching back at Dundee United again, which wouldn't be a surprise going back to the club where he played all those games. So hopefully still um, still gainfully employed in the world of football. And out on the wing is young Opie Edwards. Of course. Opie yeah. Edwards. Do you know Opie's only played 13 games for us? Three goals in 13 games. Uh, he's a 20-year-old lad. He's Ghanaian. He's, just, he's still, strictly speaking, he's on loan with us from Bristol City, isn't he? I suppose the paperwork says. Yeah. Um, um, well, the fact that he's only played 13 games is remarkable because... Um, in my head, he's played many more than that. Yeah, I'm not sure um, I've got that right, but it, it's it, it's been a, a career blighted by injuries, hasn't it? The young lad has got he's such a good player. He was one of those he was one of those players who impressed in that pre-season friendly when Torquay played Bristol City's under 23s, and we looked at him and we looked at one or two other players and we said it'd be nice if we could get um, get these lads for a month or two, and lo and yeah. behold, they arrived. But, no, good player, and uh, excited to see if if he does come back to us. Excited to see him again. Yeah, oh, like he's going to do something very, very fast, very tricky. Um, doesn't stop working. You no. know, you always but, you always but, feel that if he can get a season free of injuries and he can get a run in the team for a couple of months, you know, get eight or ten or twelve games in a row under his belt, he is going to be some player, isn't he? There are players, aren't there, that you see. Just go from club to club to club to club, and don't don't really turn it on at any club. But you know, are playing every game, and then yeah. there are other players that you know are naturally gifted, like, like Opie Edwards, and then they're always injured. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, that was fair in that. No, it isn't at all. So up front, we've got another Evans up front here, Stuart Evans, nineteen ninety one, a fifteen game loan spell at Playmore, got five goals in that spell. He played yeah. in the uh, the playoff final in which we beat Blackpool and Bamba's right foot there a seamless link back to Bamba's right foot there that um, 
helped us towards winning that one as he um, stabbed the penalty yeah. wide of the goal. Yeah. Uh, but Stuart Evans, I hadn't realised what a massive role he played in getting Wimbledon up into Division 1. Played alongside Alan Cork all the way up through the leagues for Wimbledon, scored loads of goals. And then he kind of fell out of favour at Wimbledon just as they started their tenure in the first division. So he came to us on a loan spell. Oh, he was an early part of the crazy gang, as it were. Yeah, he was. Very much so. Very much wow. so. And alongside him, there's a lad called Ernie Eds, who yeah. you'll probably have there. The late Ernie Eds. 1951 to 1953. Played 84 games, scored 34 goals. That's a pretty good strike rate. Not a bad strike rate at all, is it? Um, he, when I was doing the quiz, he, he popped up a couple of times in records. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two years, as you say, ended up at Plymouth. He'd been snapped up by Millwall. He was playing for the army during the war. Millwall had a look at him. Then Plymouth got him and he had another spell at Plymouth after he'd been at Plainmore. Yeah. The team is completed by a huge name in the recent history of Talking United, uh, Dean Edwards. Indeed. Dean How Edwards. How much is the basketball town? Yeah, a D, born in Wolverhampton, played for Shrewsbury, played for a couple of teams in Finland, then Telford, then Wolves, then Exeter, and then came to Torquay from 88 to 91. 116 games, 30 goals, scored twice at Wembley. That's a, a record that he'll hang on to for a little while for Torquay, I imagine. Sc scored in the Sherpa Van Trophy final against Bolton and scored in the playoff final against Blackpool. I remember him putting us a goal up at Sheffield Wednesday as well in a cup match up there. Just when we yeah. thought, you know, we'd taken the lead, we thought, oh, this is it. We're going to pull off a bit of a shock here. But it, uh, the rest of the afternoon went, was it 4-1 in the end up there? 4-1, yeah. 4-1, um, yeah. The rest of the afternoon went a bit pear-shaped, didn't it, after that? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, after us, um, played for Exeter again, Northampton. Uh, played a few games in Hong Kong and Malta. Came back as director of football at Playmore in June 2015, and he was manager. I think, I think he was already at the club. I think he'd been the um, commercial officer for some years. Yeah, of course. Uh, before taking up that role as director of football um, after the the takeover uh, that was was basically him, um, Steve Breed, and and uh, and Dave Phillips. Mm. And he was manager, interim, caretaker manager for one game after the departure of yeah. Paul Cox. What a game. And it finished Talking United 3, Bromley 7. What a now, game. Uh, you know, uh, it, Dean has obviously done a lot of good for the club in years, but, but he will be remembered standing <laughs> on the sidelines in that his style tracksuit while Talkie got stuffed yeah. in the only game of... 7-3 by Bromley. But yeah, I mean, you look at the stats, you look at the figures, 30 goals in 116 games. That's a lot of goals, a lot of games, some important goals there. I think um, I think he, he's earned his place in the Hall of Fame, hasn't he, Dino? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, he's, yeah. even if it wasn't an E, even if he was a, a letter with, with, with more, compet more competition, he, he'd be in the team. You'd have him in there, wouldn't you? Yeah, good player, Dean. Always good to watch. And the manager of this team is, of course, Jack Edwards, who was manager oh, between 1971 and 1973. Yeah. And also managed Exeter and was assistant manager at Plymouth. So that's that's a bit of a claim to fame, having been part of the management team at all three Devon clubs. Not very many people have done that. He was between, <coughs> Alan, between Alan Brown and Malcolm Musgrove. And there you go. That thank you very much to Julian, who's um, who's our constant uh, stato 
and uh, providing all these teams for us. And he's, he's way down the alphabet now. He's heading down towards the M's and the N's and the O's and the P's now. So he's, um, he's way through the alphabet for us. I can't believe that you didn't, you didn't include um, Dick Digger Ebden. <laughs> uh, Otter and St Mary. Yeah. Um, played five games in 1948. Right. Um, and then retired. Dick Digger Emden. There you go. I, I apologise. Apologies for missing him out. Well, at least that saved one of the walks of shame for next week. Well, you know, I just I just had to put it in there before it was mentioned next week for the walk of shame. Absolutely. Well, you've got you've got the big book there, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. See, all all good stuff. So that's the end of the uh, the A to Z. I think in the absence of football. This is see we're not going to have any football now until if the if the season ends here and now it's going to be August before we see football again isn't it July August boy it's a long it time Are you... normal seasons when you're coming up to a summer when there's no European Championships or no World Cup you dread it don't you you do <laughs> you do and we're already there yeah exactly that's it and we can't uh, even get out for. Can't even get out for a kick around. Yellow um, Army, keep your chins up. Hope you're all well. Stay well. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more. I'll try, I'll try and uh, think of some more questions to ask players that are going to answer the same answers. Yeah, we'll do that. Actually, Fair Play Talk United have, have preempted that. The Talk United Mastermind is going quite well at the moment on the Twitter pages. And the, uh, Jake Andrews. I haven't watched Jake Andrews yet. I must have a look at that. See how Jake gets on. with Asa Hall that, where he talks about the fact that they have weekly quiz quizzes Asa and his wife Jake Andrews Connor Lemonade Heavens and apparently the brain box of the of the group is Sean McDonald is he okay well he was yeah. the first to do the mastermind he did pretty well on the club mastermind perhaps we'll have to get right, Sean yeah. on and give him a bit of a challenge yeah Anyway, thank you very much for your time. This has been uh, another Yellow Army podcast. And uh, even though there are no matches, we'll finish. Come on, you yellows. You have been listening to the Devon Live Herald Express Talkie United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. You can find us in the Talkie United channel on the Devon Live website, and you can subscribe to us at iTunes. Please leave a review wherever you see us. We welcome all feedback, uh, whether positive or negative. We always like to know what you think of the Yellow Army podcast. Please join us next time.